and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 139 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate first watch, rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I am Grace. And today we're going over season seven, episode seven, Enemy Mine, a.k.a. I did not make an a.k.a. A.k.a. It's not Mary Poppins, y'all. That's <laughs> <laughs> all, right, so all I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, just my a.k.a. is Evan Lauren. <laughs> My other uh, AKA, AKA uh, Yandu is Yandu be Yandu yeah. <laughs> forever and ever. Yeah, Yandu. Or AKA Odanel. <laughs> Odanel. Oh, uh, we can pick. It, the one it like really more. is the like. Hey, in case you didn't know who Daniel is, yeah. this is who Daniel is. By the episode. way, uh, in case you forgot what that season he was away. So this episode aired on July 25th, 2003, written and directed by Mr. Pila DeLuise. Boom. I didn't see a cameo back there. I didn't realize there. he wrote I it. I forgot looking for it. He did. That's right The on. man can write as well. Cheers to Mr. DeLuise. Yay. Cheers. Slunge boy. Uh, so the big... Oh, I got a drink first. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Crime against nature to cheers and then not drink. So... New person under the Chaka Mask. I think he was been under once before, but Peter Curry is under the Chaka Mask, who we last saw as Fifth. Oh. Fifth is playing Chaka. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, okay. Just mind warp that. Remind me which one Fifth is, because I think the, I've got the, it. The, the good replicator person. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, that's so crazy. Yeah. Um, he does a fair, he does a couple other things where he's under a mask. And I love when you have mask characters like this, that you can have multiple people yeah. play the character. And speaking of masks, like right after my, like, uh, love of doll things, Jim Henson. Yeah. Holy shit. Chaka looks the fucking bomb. He looks so good. Yeah. The, the work has gotten amazing. He's, it's, it's, he's... We're, we're watching a Kaylee Thor. It's weird. It's also, <laughs> Awkward um, pauses. It's not just, like, it's not just the mask and how amazing that looks. It's just the change that, uh, and I, we can talk about it when we meet Chaka yeah. again. But Chaka's clearly undergone some oh, changes. Sh- yes. Yeah. He's like... Ch-ch-ch-changes! He's like a... He's come from like a teenage boy to like a grown he's a, man. He is, yeah. He's, he's a grown a man. man. Yeah. He's matured. So, um, also, I just have to say we first meet Major Evan Lorne played <laughs> by favorite of, of me and, uh, you know, Sue, <laughs> friend of the pod Sue, Kevin Smith. Evan Lauren, and that's Evan Lauren is the super excited guy who knows all the things, sciencey things. Um, he, or which one is he? He's he's not. He's like the guy that you see first reported. He's kind of Yondu's second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, I think that's who I thought, but I was confusing him with the other one. Yeah, I'm. I can't. <laughs> normally, I don't say this, but um, because I love Lauren this much, we do see Lauren again. Yay. Um. 
I love him and Kevin Smith. Lauren Love, got it. Yes, he happens to be a favorite of many people. Many people love themselves, Kevin Smith. He was Jed on 4400, which is a great show. Okay. Um, he was also Andy on Eureka. How can you not love Andy? And he's currently in a Hallmark series, uh, When Calls the Heart. Oh, I know that. Which started as a, started as a Hallmark movie starring Stephen Amell. I saw that one. I'm pretty sure I saw that. It's like an old Westy type yeah, frontier. Yeah, it's in Canada, yep. Frontier Canada, and so there was a movie starring Stephen Amell, and now there's a series, and it stars Mr. Kevin Smith. Boom. He is, like, literally in the best, in the best, my favorite way possible, like, made for Hallmark shit. Yeah, I love, I mean, no shame about my love for no, Hallmark things. They're gr- they're like chicken soup. Yeah. Dude, around Christmas, there is no other place that you will find me but in um, front of fucking Hallmark I'm movies. just telling you that, that Mr. Michael Shanks has also been in a couple Hallmark films. Including what? one that involves hockey and including a Christmas one. <gasps> I bet I've seen them and did not know that I was seeing the future Probably. love of my life, Probably. Daniel. <laughs> Probably. And they were made, like, while he was filming this and after. Oh, they're happening this Christmas. Uh-huh. Those may be... Yeah. Those may happen. Maybe a tangent cast or oh, two. Oh, I like it. On some Stargate-affiliated uh, Hallmark films. Like um, and then the big name here... <laughs> The big name, of course, Mr. Michael Rooker. Woo! Uh, A.K.A. Yondu, A.K.A. Merle Dixon. Let me tell you AKA how... A.K.A. Jared from Mulrats. Let me tell you how much I never know anyone's front names. Yeah. I wrote Daryl's brother, Starler's adopted dad. <laughs> so this whole not knowing names things doesn't just happen in Stargate. Yeah. It happens to me everywhere. Um, And I'm just going to flat out tell you that I'm calling him Yondu this entire episode. <laughs> He's no longer Edwards. He and is Yondu. It's also interesting to... It's, it's fun to learn that that voice has always been that voice. Oh, no, that's it's, just him. It's not even like a put-upon no, sound. No, Yeah. He just has that very distinctive yeah, voice. Le- yeah, like, read me a seductive poem <laughs> in that voice. <laughs> uh, he just was... say dirty words at me. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in the unaired pilot, which numbers, which I'm going to tell you is a show that I secretly, secretly super love for math reasons. Is that the one that has the kid from... Mr. Universe? Oh, I don't even know of that. I was thinking of 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes, it okay. is. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. yeah. It's crime solving with, with math. <laughs> and I secretly love that show math way more solvers. than Math in a way. <laughs> uh, but he's also been in everything from Burn Notice to Chuck to Archer to Call of Duty. Like, you've seen him, Just you know him, you life. love him. Yeah. It's Michael Rooker. Everyone knows who he is. Um, yes. And he was in a random episode Oh, Stargate SG-1. I almost, again, I almost got Boyfriend Jesse to watch. I'm going to get him to watch an episode sometime soon, on purpose, because he's seen enough on accident. Yeah. But I was like, Michael Rooker's in this thing. He's like, oh, really? Well, tell me more. Tell me more, tell yeah. me more. I think I'm just too desperate for him. Like, I have to act yeah. like I don't want him to watch The it. only time uh, we can get uh, Nick, bartender Nick, to watch is if we're just, he happens to be home and we're rewatching, and he's just too lazy to go to a different yeah. TV. Yeah, that's kind of what happens yeah. at IELTS. It's like, well, I mean, I'm already on this couch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stay here. So we start off with, which I'm fairly certain is ground penetrating right ground penetrating radar yep uh, yeah, dirty that shit to see what's underground and we Penetrate have that ground. we're just gonna call we're just gonna call Lauren Major Dreamy <laughs> oh, Major Dreamy it. Major Dreamy Major Dreamy 
And if you uh, and if you can't get a decent cup of coffee on this planet, I'm officially never going there. <laughs> as I drink my coffee, yeah. Some of us don't do well without the coffees. Um, no, guys, don't even try to communicate with me before coffee's been had. It's not going. I've learned that I have an actual cutoff point. Like you know how Cinderella's stuff turned back into pumpkins uh-huh. at midnight. If I go past nine fifteen without a cup of coffee, without a cup of coffee, it's over. The f- day's it's the fucking it, it's fucked. I hate everybody, and everybody leave me alone, uh-huh. and I'm gonna have this cup of coffee before anything else goes down. So they're apparently here mining uh, Naquita, and apparently Yondu is not happy with what they're finding. It's literally just not enough. It's two point three or something parts per million. So not none. It's not just enough. no coffee. Just none. No coffee. No coffee is had. No coffee. Or an aqueda. <laughs> I love that Kaylee just found the loudest toy. I hope you guys can't hear it. <laughs> or can you? Yeah. Anything can happen. Um, and so... We're recording live. We're recording live. <laughs> um, so thankfully, some eager beaver comes over and says that they... <laughs> May have found the jackpot, the Nakoda jackpot, with more than 50 times more than they've seen anywhere else. And, like, it just keeps getting more and more better. Yeah. I mean, surely there's nothing to be worried about when things are this easy. When we cut to a lone guy in a clearing Uh with alien vision from the forest, and it's basically a horror film, so you know it's not going to go well. Yowza. Yeah. And it doesn't. The guy's dragged into the woods by something that we don't know what it is yet. Dun, dun, dun. Credits. It's the Predator. It is the Predator. <laughs> the Unas. Can we just recast Predator with Unas? Because oh, I yeah. think it would work really yeah. well. Yeah, I totally. It would work really well. Mm-hmm. When we come back, SG-1 minus Sam has arrived. Uh, the team that was mining isn't really trained for search and rescue, and the guy's been gone for three whole hours. Uh, and because... <laughs> Do you think they waited, like, three hours to get there? Like, how long does it take to go through the gate and get a team to come over? Yeah. It's like, I guess we should... I mean, he's been gone for, like, two hours now. We should probably report it. <laughs> yeah, we'll report it. Um, and uh, so the because of the weird electromagnetic shit on the planet, his compass is pretty much a keychain at that point. Yeah. And conveniently, for story reasons, radios don't work. Yeah. Ta-da! The end. So well, if it's all like electromagnetic blah yeah. blah blahs, then it makes yeah, sense. nothing works. So Lauren leads him to where the guy was taken, but not before Daniel's like, "What's under this tarp? Huh? Hmm. What you found artifacts and shit and didn't call he's me? He's got guys. He's got like a nose for artifacts. <laughs> it it's like hiding a treat around a dog. It's like <laughs> I sniff it. I can sniff it. Did you have Did you have artifacts here last week? Because I can sniff them. <laughs> he's like, oh, what? And then you moved them. And, like, he's in full nerd rage. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's full nerd rage. Yeah. Jack's like, go to your happy place. Yeah. <laughs> and Daniel try like... Is there, you know what it is? It's the type of anger that we hear because we both listen to true crime things. Yes. It's like, oh, and then the dumb cops just <laughs> trampled all over the crime scene. It's the same idea. It is. It is. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Daniel is just stays grump while the rest of the team... Of course, yeah. He stays there to grump, and Lauren leads the rest of the team. Lauren takes him to where Ritter, we find his name was, was yeah. surveying. And right now, they just assume he got turned around and lost placing <laughs> markers. They sent up some flares to try to help him back since compasses don't work. And um, Teal can't track Jack's shit because the ground is too firm. Yeah. But the underbrush has been damaged. Something happened. Mm. 
our our resident ranger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ranger slash he's, he's ranger fighter. Yeah, ranger slash fighter slash monk slash yeah. the fucking everything. <laughs> Every class. <laughs> uh, talk about cross classing. Um so Jack radios in uh that or Daniel radios in that there's something that they should see. There's a ton of static and Jack heads back to see what's going on while everyone else keeps looking here in this clearing. Mm-hmm. And mostly Daniel just shows him mining equipment. There's a torture stick that still has juice because it's like the Energizer bunny of torture. Sure. It just keeps going Forever and going. and ever, yeah. Maybe it's that's a Nokia. It. It's a Nokia brand torture <laughs> stick. <laughs> it's a Nokia brick. <laughs> but the fascinating part is the yoke. Yeah. Uh, it's too big for humans and too small for an animal. So Daniel is guessing Unas. Unas were slaves. Perfect yeah. slave labor for mining. Um, He's become like the Sherlock of all things. Are, yeah, uh, anthrop- uh, anthropological. Yeah, we did it. And Jack sighs because he has a bad feeling about this. And Jack, uh, Teal, he radios Teal about how there might be a shit ton of Unas out there. Yeah. And yeah, Yondu is not liking the idea of anything that's going to delay his work because uh-huh. like what there may have been some unas 100 years ago yeah. so why is that preventing us from mining now you, uh. you know and because we know daniel our perspective is like god what a dick but the truth is like okay here's your job here's what you do exactly you got this job to do and the pentagon and all these people are going to breathe down your neck about it and because <laughs> he's like my team's been here three months yeah. and i've seen nothing i need to produce something for yeah. the pentagon and daniel's end is like yeah but they could still be here, no. and they're super territorial and dangerous if you poke them with a stick. Yeah, yeah, because I'm Daniel, and I know the things about yeah. how people and things work. Uh, and Yandu is like, is he always like this? Jackson, yeah. <sighs> yeah, all yep. the time. All super. the time. This super is basically yeah. prime Daniel. I love it. It goes to show how much Jack has evolved. Well, you know or as I mean? they point out later, how much Daniel has trained Jack. Sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> if you will. Uh, it just goes to show how different yes. Jack is from the beginning. Because Jack was very much Michael Roker. He was. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the movie version. Yeah. Um, and... Like, he's like, look, if that's really what you think took yeah. Ritter, then we're not going to stop working. Mm-hmm. We're just going to bring in more security. Sure. So in the forest, Daniel, or geez, I'm confusing everyone's name. Doesn't matter. Teal'c, they look so alike. One of the people. Finds, uh, <laughs> finds it Unas, like the ghoul defense necklace yeah. of bones. Um, and we see our first confirmed Unas hiding in the trees. By this way, this place looks surprisingly like it's crazy the Pacific how Northwest. often these planets I know are just Pacific Northwesty. So they find uh, a camp. Uh-huh. It's basically bone scarecrows hung up everywhere. Although one of them is fresh. Yeah, this is a strain straight out of like. I, I, all I can think of is like apocalypse. Not even apocalypse. Now what's the other one? No, it is Apocalypse now. Yeah. Um, but it's just fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. It's just awful. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's creeptastic. Um, and uh, <laughs> Lauren does not take it well. Uh, he still takes it better than I would. Uh, <laughs> and at the camp, they do take- Yeah, I would vomit all over the place, too. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, they take Ritter home, and Yandu is pissed, and you're led to believe that he's, like, ready for revenge. He's going to yeah. hunt these. He's well, gonna hunt yeah. Them he lost a man and they, yeah. they strung him mm-hmm. and they disrespected his corpse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shit's hit the fan. Shit's, yeah. 
Uh, and Daniel may have figured out how they inadvertently um, provoked the Unas. Yeah. He thinks it has to do with the mine deposit they just found. And I love how Jack defends Daniel. He's like, I mean, he's annoying, but he is usually right. Yeah, yeah. It's the most, like, It's like, look, it sucks how much he's right, but he's probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even want to admit this. But it's yeah. like, yeah, it's that's more. It's like this weird backhanded, not backhanded compliment, yeah. but reluctant compliment. Yeah, and I think it comes down to that, like... There's plenty of people who you're not best friends with, maybe like at work. But if someone outside of your work says something, you're like, yeah, no, it's it's he's right. Well, actually, I look at it more of he is playing it for Yondu. Okay, I think he's more like he's trying to um, I don't want to say like dude it up. But he's, he's well, being he's, a little he's more switching. Yeah, he's exactly. switching to, to talk to you. Exactly. To the, the Yondu character. to understand. Uh, Yeah. That's yeah. what I think is going on. That's fair. Um, but Yondu comes down to this. His mission is to figure out if this is good mining. Until those orders are rescinded, yeah. he's going to just have to ensure the safety of his people and continue his job. Um, SG-1 can choose to help or not. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally going to sneeze and it won't come out. And so Nick's looking at me because I look crazy. I'm okay. So, I'm okay. I got it. Later in the forest, Daniel does not like this plan at all because Yonder's never dealt with the Unas before. No, and you know, Daniel knows better than to just go, look, let's just go all all weapons first. Yeah. You know, questions later. It's like, no, no, no. That's not the best way to deal with the Unas. And and Jack reminds him that this is still Yonder's command. So until he, until he really crosses the line, Jack's yeah. going to respect that. Yeah. And then gunfire breaks out. Yay. Um, and it's a run-in between SG forces and Unas. And even with guns on their side, like, the SG forces don't... It doesn't go well for them. <laughs> no. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> SG-1 runs in like a cavalry. Um, one knocks Jack down. And before Jack can shoot him, Daniel yells, Ka, ke, ka. Yeah. And gets the Unas, the main Unas, the leader to pause over Jack. Um, this guy, we later find out to be Iron Shirt. Yes. Um, because of his Iron Shirt. Because of his eye, yes. <laughs> here's Daniel and yells at the rest of the Unas who break off their attack. Yeah. Uh, and they grab their wounded and they leave. Ta-da. And you notice one necklace on the ground, which totally won't come into play later. Not at all. No. Not at all. Uh, Jack does not feel good. He's a little wounded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the, the and Yandu wants to chase after the rest of the Unas and hit them real hard. And you can hear this roar in the distance, which is the Unas mourning it's, their dead. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... Haunting. Yes, that is the right word. Yeah. It is haunting sound. Um, Jack's like, no, we're not chasing them down into unknown territory and... Yeah, no, let's just go further into this unknown uh-huh. place and to where we're all gonna die. Um, and Yandu makes the mistake that many people do in terms of the Unas. He underestimates their intelligence. Yes. Um, and he also just, like, watched a whole bunch of his men die and just wants more revenge. Yeah. So he's kind of just... So he sees them as animals right now. That's what's d- happening. He's and like, the, they might as well be, like, grizzly bears. And the thing is, is even at the end of the episode... He's still, I think, tr- thinking of them as animals. Yeah, he doesn't. But he's quite... more like, oh, we can more like domesticated. Like he, sure. he is not. Even at the end of this episode, he's not converted. I don't. Think. No, I don't think so either. I think he's like they're they're wild wolves. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
Um, Jack pulls rank and like, look, you are in charge of a mining operation. This is not a mining operation. We're heading back to the SGC to figure it out. That's and fair. Yondu does under protest. Yeah. Uh, back at the SGC in the infirmary, Jack's arm oh, That's is... the other thing, too. It's like, dude, you were sent here to head a mining mission. You yeah. weren't sent here because you're a badass <laughs> fighter. Which also may be why he feels this desire to Probably. be like, pull out all the guns, because I never get to do mm-hmm. this. He's basically got a desk job. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. So Jack's <laughs> arm is in a sling. He's in pain. Uh, we finally see Sam Yay. for one scene. She's stuck <laughs> here because she's doing a complete overhaul of the gate diagnostic system. A.K.A. Science Project. <laughs> probably working really close with Walter and Siler and maybe even Major Wood. Who knows? All these important things, but they're really to Jack. They're like, I don't, I lo- you lost me. Yeah. Did you make the volcano erupt yet? <laughs> so Daniel confirms that when they go back to the planet, Jack is not going and he's not taking commands because no arm. Yeah. Ouch. Arm hurty. No. Hurty arm. Uh, but Yonda doesn't have the experience dealing with Unas or with Daniel. No. Uh, and Daniel spent a lot of time breaking Jack in and he just really doesn't want to start with a new colonel. Yeah, he's like, he God, I've done so much training. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised Jack takes this that well. I know. Like, truly. Uh, you, you know, like... Here's the thing. He's drugged up right now. Yeah, he's like, fine, I don't care. I don't. Yeah. You'll pay for it later. Okay, bye. I, I feel good now. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is loving this whole conversation and, like, looking back and forth and watching this. Yeah. And as... Uh, well, because Sam's done her fair share of training Jack uh-huh, as well. Uh-huh. Like, they're all just kind of like, okay. And as Daniel leaves, Jack is like, just don't try and be... You know, so you know yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And Sam is looking at this going, what the fuck is going yeah. on? <laughs> Can you not you this up? And she's like, what? <laughs> so in the briefing room, Hammond introduces Yandu to General Vadreen, who we have seen before. Um, oh, yes. He is totally on board with leaving the planet. Um, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Prometheus is is still on the other side of the galaxy around that planet from the last season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they need to get it home. Yeah. And to bring it home, they need Aquita. Yeah. So we kind of have to, unless we find another way magically right now, we kind of have to go back to the planet. I love this. Way to bring some, like, sense and perspective into this. It's like, okay, great, Daniel, the world would be this great lovey-dovey place if we could all yeah. just leave things that we need to. But the fact and the reality is that we got a ship. And it needs fucking Nequita. Yeah. And that's the reality where we are. Yep. And Yandu is still thinking uh, men's and guns will do the job. <laughs> of course. Hammond is on Daniel's side. Uh, Vidrine and the Pentagon are on Yandu's side. Yeah. So Daniel's been sort of uninvitedly listening to all this. Sure, yeah. At the door. And he thinks he can fix this peacefully. Mm-hmm. All of this started when they when they found and sort of zoned in on this one mine site. So, guys, let's just look for a different one. Yeah. Ta-da. Easy peasy. But I want that one. But this is the only one they found so far that's this worth anything. This is my favorite one. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yandu calls the Unas animals, and Daniel's like, fuck you. They yeah. are intelligent beings with a sense yeah. of honor, and if you underestimate them, you're just going to die, and they're going to die, and... Everyone dies. Death will be all around. Yeah. Uh, so Daniel 
he can speak their language a bit. Mm-hmm. It's a bit rough. He he understands. Their I love ways. this too that that they're like, oh, so you want to be the diplomat? And Daniel's like, no, I'm not fucking qualified for this <laughs> because unlike you, I don't have to be the leader yeah. of all the things. But I know someone who is qualified. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Chaka. And he's apparently learned a whole bunch more English recently. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> uh, so he reminds them that, look, this is the Unas's planet. Yep. We're the invaders, and we don't have to provoke and kill them, but, like, this is theirs. Yeah. We're literally showing up on their land and just digging shit. Yeah. So why wouldn't they be pissed? Hammond is like, look, it can't If hurt- you showed up to my house and started digging in my backyard, yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Exactly. <laughs> and if you were like, no, 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 here's the deal. I'm going to plant these things so we can both eat from it and you don't have to do anything except let me do this. I would be like, all right, cool. Yeah, communication. Communication is key. But like the story that I'm going to tell at the end of this uh-huh. after the whole thing. Oh, sure. Right now, they don't know how to communicate. That's true. So this is the only way the Unas right now know to communicate. Mm-hmm. Is to be like, hey, fuck off. And yeah. if we tell you to fuck off enough, you'll fuck off. Yeah. Um, Hammond is like, look, this can't hurt to try. So um, Vidrine gives Daniel the go-ahead to contact Shaka and make things clear, though. If negotiations fail and it comes down to us versus them, it's us. Yeah. And deadly well, fourth is authorized. Well, yeah. And he's got to do that so he can sleep at night. Otherwise, yeah. he basically sent his men to be fucking killed yeah. by these Unas. So Daniel is able to quickly find Shaka, and he's obviously, you know, gone through his own life upgrade journeys. Yeah. Uh, and his clothes have gotten a major upgrade. Uh, he's ready to serve on, like, a Jedi High Council. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the type of, like, yeah. vestments he's wearing. Now. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then those, them fucking teeth are yeah. so magnificent. <laughs> and I Polishes was like, them like a Ferengi. Yeah, if I had teeth like that, I'd eat nothing but raw meat all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love how Walter's like, it's Daniel plus one. Did he RSVP? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Does the IDC tell many people are coming? Yeah, yeah. So, and they both want chicken. Um, he awkwardly says hello to Vidrine, and he responds, <laughs> and it's not the most, shall we say, friendly of exchanges? No. Yeah, no. But you know what? When you exist with teeth bared, it goes to show the type of culture that you it are. Is. It is. Uh, it's such a great move by, I'm guessing, the like makeup and effects yeah. department to be like, that's th- these people just exist with teeth bared. Mm-hmm. That's th- so, like, to even if that doesn't mean something to them, it means something to humans. It does. It's like them teeth are there. It's like walking around just with your gun out. Exactly. Just brandish. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So, um, is not excited to hear that Daniel neglected to mention the Shaka limit uprising on his planet. (laughs) It's like, well, how do you think we became friends? Yeah. (laughs) But the important part is that he's he's proven himself to be the best negotiator with the Unas that we have. The peacemaker for the Unas. And he wants to expand his knowledge. He wants to help Unas and other planets. And I also love how Shaka shows reverence for Hammond. Right, right. Absolutely, because he's learned to respect these people. And he knows that Hammond is the leader. Yep. And in the Unas culture, that's who you show reverence yep. to. Vadrine is clearly Nobody not the leader here. Yeah. yeah. So when they get to the planet, the local Unas have... I would just... love to take, considering my major, I would yeah. love to take some sort of leadership course taught by another... Uh, culture so magnificently different, like by that an Unas. Would be cool. Holy crap. That how, would be how, really yeah, cool. That would be the fucking greatest thing. Um, and so when they get to the camp, the local Unas have, let's just say, told the SG camp how they feel about them being here <laughs> with fire 
destruction. Yeah. And Yondu... With an interpretive dance of fire and destruction. And Yondu, the asshole that he is, is like surprised the Unas have command of fire. Yeah, it's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Uh, Daniel has his action bandana on, so we have <laughs> <Yeah>. times coming. <laughs> well, he's got to get psyched up. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the action bandana. The action bandana's here. And is fairly sure that Shaka will lead them to the Luka Unas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love that Shaka, talking about you just live with teeth Barrett, doesn't take shit from any of the Earthlings no, except for Daniel. he really doesn't. He like, is, he doesn't bat an eye about it. Like, him and Yondu just make a staring contest. Yeah, well, and it's like, look, I'm I'm impressed by Edwards. Yeah. Like the fact that you can stare into that face and yeah. not be the first to blink <laughs> is fucking magnificent. Because I'd be like, oh shit, I'm not looking at him. And no, nope, I'm bowing my head. Just stand between them, going. Just as an FYI, if you keep doing that, it's going to take it as a challenge, and you're going to die. Um, you will you'll lose. Yeah. You'll you'll lose, and it'll be bloody. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel is basically the only thing keeping them from killing each you other. See how sharp those teeth are. <laughs> And again, we have a call out to Hanson and Penn Hall from 20 on Jump Street, which if I didn't mention, Stephen Williams, General Madrine, is Captain Fuller from 21 Jump Street. Oh, all these things that I forget. And, you know, Mr. DeLuise. <laughs> oh, that one I knew. Was yeah. on 21, yeah. <laughs> so Daniel thinks that Yondu is prepping for war, and Teal'c is like, or just protecting his camp. Yeah. And I like how Teal comes from the other side. Yep. He's got to provide that balance. Exactly. And, he, and he understands that with, with Jack out, he's like, okay, I've got to fill this other role. Because yeah. usually he leans a little bit on the end of like a Daniel, but with force. Yeah. Like a forceful rebellion guy. <laughs> like a Jedi person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that, like that warrior monk fighter ranger? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. Man, I really want to play a Jedi in D&D now. Um, So later out in the forest, Shaka points out that, you know, with so many people and with so many guns, doesn't it kind of seem like you as humans are going to attack the Yonas? Yeah. Like, Shaka wants to go in alone and unarmed and take Daniel. Okay. And Daniel's like, well, this is where I die, but okay. And then is like, um... Are you sure, bro? Yeah, Teal'c's like, oh, this is, yeah, this is where you die. Goodbye. Daniel's like, yeah, I guess I'm sure. I guess here's my gun. I'm doing this now. I guess I'm going with him. (laughs) Goodbye. So they head into the clearing uh, with all the scarecrows, and Daniel (laughs) gives... He's like at the club, and your friend's like, I'm going to go dance with this creepy guy. It's like, um... I'm going to sit here and watch you, because I don't feel good about this. Are you sure? Um, I'm going to come in like five minutes. I'm going to and... stop drinking so I can keep an eye on you. So they head into the Scarecrow clearing, and uh, Daniel shows Chaka a new toy, a lighter. Uh-huh. And Chaka starts chanting, trying to bring the locals out to meet him. Sure, yeah. And Daniel is a little like, are we there yet? Yeah. Are we there yet? Did we, did we do it? And did it work? Shaka gives him a shut the fuck up glance. Yeah. And it's like, oh. I'm clearly in the middle of something, dude. Yeah. Oh, I could. This is going to take as long as it takes. Yeah. How awesome. Okay, imagine this, <laughs> yes. right? Imagine you're in a new place. Uh-huh. And you just want to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, I've not met any of the locals here. There's only one way to meet all the locals. And you just start doing a fucking interpretive dance. Yeah. <laughs> And then hope that someone comes over. How much more fun would our lives be? I want to go to another country. Yeah. And I want to stand in the the large town square. Like, yeah, go to, like, Venice and stand Uh in St. Mark's Square. And and just just start, like, interpreting dancing. 
and build a fire. Life goal. <laughs> yes. Bartender Nick will be standing in the side going, going I, I don't, know, don't know you. Don't know you. And I, I will be your hype man. That's awesome. I will come and be your hype man. <laughs> um, so it takes until nighttime. Uh, Chuck is still chanting and we see that Iron Shirt is watching him. Mm-hmm. Chuck can tell he's out there. Daniel soon realizes that as well. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of the group is of, of Iron Shirt's group is now surrounding them. Mm-hmm. And looking very intimidating. L- l- listen, the body language communication <laughs> yeah. that's happening on point is ho ho. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Uh-huh. Your nonverbals are coming through loud and clear. <laughs> so, Shaka and Daniel Neal sort of basically showing them their belly the yeah. same way that Kaylee does when we get home. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a bit of a trade, an exchange of gifts. Yeah. Um, Iron Shirt gets the rest of the clan to calm the fuck down. Yeah. So I, Chaka and Iron Shirt communicate, and this is where we learned Iron Shirt probably because of his ghoul chainmail. Yeah, his Iron Shirt. Shirt. Quite literally. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel basically says the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. We brought death. We want to be friends and preserve life. Ta-da. And if this all works out, we all win. Yeah. Negotiations are on. Listen, this is the scariest campfire I've ever been to. <laughs> and campfires can be scary, campfire. especially if you're telling campfire well, tales. Well, it's, it's also just, I think the, the, the beautiful way that they're scary is because um, there is a bubble of light. Yeah. And, and especially when you are, you know, when, when you are outside of that bubble of light, mm-hmm. um, you're able to see things that are illuminated yeah. by the light a little bit more. When you're inside the campfire bubble of light, all it is is blackness yeah. outside of it. Yeah. Which, so that already makes campfires scary. Yes. And this, everything is hanging on every balance, like the balance of you not fucking moving your face wrong. Exactly. And you know that Dan will be the first one to die. Like, yeah. And Dan, I feel like if I were Dan, I'd be like mostly holding my breath. Yeah. <laughs> Can I move now? Can I? Um, okay. I really have to fart right now. Yeah. And I'm hoping you don't take that as a weird noise. Yeah. As a as a bad sign. But like I'm about to shit my pants. Yeah. So I kind of just want to fart instead. <laughs> There's the sneeze. Yay! Came finally. Um. So later, Daniel and Chaka come out back to camp, and yeah, the earlier theory was right. They're frightened of the mine. It scared them, which makes sense when you think about the fact that their ancestors were worked to death in gold mines for Naquita. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they got here, is they were brought here to mine the Naquita. They somehow b- freed themselves or were left here. There's, and have there's been seen far too years. many similarities between the humans and the ghouls who enslaved There's them. literally no difference to them yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, so on Earth, sacred burial grounds are protected from the developments, uh-huh. and Daniel's hoping the same would apply here. Yeah. Um, but just like on Earth... Uh, when it's 53,000 metric tons of Naquita, sacred grounds don't mean yeah, shit. Yeah, guess who's going to try to dig in that national park? I'm not going to touch that one. Nope. With a 10-foot nope. pole. Nope. Take for what you will. So back in the uh-huh. control room, Hammond and Vadrine are chatting with Daniel over the melt chuck in the background. Vadrine's like, let's just move them. Yeah. And Daniel points out that they're not going to understand that. Yeah, that's not... Yeah. Okay, just leave your house. Yeah. yeah. No. no. Besides the fact that they won't agree to it, they're literally not going to be able to understand the concept. Right, right. 
Oh, um, you're just taking them from their home. It's like trying to teach them calculus at this point. It's just yeah. not going to happen. So Vidrine just wants to trank them and move them. Yeah, like a fucking dick. And yeah, sorry. <laughs> Daniel's like, they're, again, I've said this before, they're not animals. Right. They're sentient beings yeah. with thoughts and feelings and, 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 yeah. He's like, I think I can accomplish something. You just need to give me time. Yeah. Hammond gives him 24 hours or the Unas are going to be forcibly moved, which you can tell from the look on Hammond's face. He doesn't, like, it, he doesn't, doesn't want to do, yeah. do it. Yeah. But again, he's stuck in the hard place between the Pentagon and 53,000 metric tons of Naquita. Right, where the politics and greed are winning out over yeah. possibly making allies. Yes. Hmm. Also, not touching that with a 10-foot uh-huh. pull back uh, in the Unis camp. Progress <laughs> is being made. They agree uh, that the ghoul are their common enemy. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect base to build off of. Yeah. Earth is going to give them food. He takes out an energy bar, which Iron shit, Iron Shirt is like, mmm, that shit is tasty. I feel like, uh, uh, do you think Chaka remembers his first energy oh, bar? Oh, I'm sure. Do you because think, it's how yeah. him and, and, and Daniel bonded. Do you think Daniel brought him like a box oh, yeah. of bars when he came over? Uh-huh. And he's like, yep, this is good. Uh-huh. So, um, in exchange for Kada, which they called Nakwada, uh-huh. they get... Um, the, the Earth is going to make war with the Gould. Right. Um, and Daniel does some bad airplane noises with his hands. Yeah. And both of the Unas are like, what the fuck I love fuck that they're so bad that they're like, stop. Just, just stop. <laughs> just l- move up. Pass. Pass. I'm done with this charade. <laughs> so instead, Daniel picks up the staff weapon. Um, Keikata... K- I forget what he says. Yeah. But he's going to make a lot of these weapons. Uh-huh. And we're going to bring death to the Gould. And Iron Shirt's like, now you're talking my now language. Now I like this, yeah. I'm on board with this. <laughs> so just, just at this point, as they're reaching sort of the negotiation climax. Yeah. The most, like, fragile of the places The most fragile of places. We cut, suddenly cut to some SG guys in the forest with Dumb guns. Dummies. Ah! And they hear a sound and they hold and nothing bad can happen from that. Back with Dan in the yep. negotiations, he doesn't know how to tell them that if they don't agree to do this, they're going to be relocated. Yeah. By the way, not something he approves of. But that's what they're going to do. But he tries to mime it out. Yeah. I mean, and he's doing all of this under the stress of this time, of yeah. this shitty leadership, of like, yeah, the, holy crap, Daniel, way to keep your cool. And, and you know, he's like, look, I, I know you want to be defiant of this, but like, not even peaceful disobedience is going to get you anywhere here, yeah. let alone violent disobedience. Like, yeah. People will die. Exactly. And it's out of Daniel's control, but how is he, how can he communicate these complex things? Um, and he warns them that... With hand puppets. <laughs> he warns them that um, if the Unas rise up, they are not going to win against yeah. the Earth forces. Um, he's also then learns that all the tribes will fight. Yeah. That there's more than just this one clan here, and that's not good. It's 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 fun when uh, when Iron, Iron Sleeves is like, 
Oh no, yeah. we'll bring death to you. Uh huh. Which talk about a fucking power move. Yeah, yeah. Here is my dick. <laughs> I am on the, the proverbial danger. table. Yeah, <laughs> I am captain now. He, he goes full Heisenberg, and he's like, "I am the danger." Which is one of my favorite scenes. It's like everyone's favorite scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he tries to radio Teal'c, but it's just static. So he tells Chucka to stay here, and he, he doesn't. He follows him, mm-hmm. uh, and then the teams are out still in the forest. And they sense and hear something, but they don't see anything. Mm. And we see Daniel and Chaka running out from Squarecrow Land. And then we see the Unas watching the SG teams in the forest. Oh, this is bedtime. They move out, and the SG teams immediately open fire, like, not waiting for anything. Again, not going to touch this with a 10-foot toll, but the similarities of the shoot first, uh, uh, we'll ask questions there. later. I'll get there. I'll ah! get there. Which is okay. right when Daniel comes across them. Yeah. The guy who fired reports to Yondu that he was attacking. And Daniel's like, or was he? no, you see this stone necklace? This is precious to them. He was coming Women not back understand perspective. To, to get this, and you killed him. And Yondu's like, oh, no need to apologize. And I'm like, not um, even walking into the thing that maybe you don't automatically shoot someone who's not armed and not attacking you. It's Let's just, just take a drink. When he's Let's walking in your arm taking oh And the Unas, the Unas know what just <laughs> happened. And yeah. You can hear the call out in the distance. This is not a, this is not a like moanful harrowing no. sound anymore. This is fucking. This is a fucking swarm of cicadas yeah. coming to eat you alive. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is a power move. Yeah. Yeah. This is pure intimidation. Oh, yeah. And they may have not rolled crit, but they rolled like a 19 or easily. Well, they're, yeah, they're just running intimidation checks right now and they're doing okay. Um, um, yeah, and I can't say Daniel didn't tell you no. that you'd be fucked. No. Um, Teal tells them that they need to prep for attack immediately. Yandu's like, let them come, bro. Let them come. Oh, We're God. ready. And Daniel's like, no. No, you're fucking not. Daniel's a far better person than I am, because at that point, I would surrender myself <laughs> to the Unas and be like, yeah, take his ass out. Yeah. Because I tried. Um, back at the base, you still hear the roaring, and Daniel's like, we need to get out of here like yesterday. Yeah. You don't understand. Yondo's not buying a single one of this. He's like, I've seen the aerial scans. There's barely any of them. He goes, they, lick it, they fucking live underground. He is suffering from gold arrogance he is, is what's happening. He is. Um, and Tilk is on the, you have no idea what you're in for and you should listen to my wisdom and get the fuck out of your train. Yeah. You can see from a distance Iron Shirt standing on a hill and he can see Yondu and Daniel yelling at each other. Yeah. Um, which Chaka alerts them. He tells their... I mean, he doesn't have to do that much of, like, an investigation check, because Iron Shirt is just fucking standing on the hill. He's like, I'm here. Coming for you. Not hiding. What's up? Yeah. Um, probably directly upwind, too. Or, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Daniel yells to hold your fire, and Yandu sort of overrides that and is like, just don't fire first. Yeah. Huh. Um, and soon... The camp is entirely surrounded. Yeah. Overwhelming yeah. show of force. Yeah. Um, Don't be dumb. great effects that you can tell it's just a whole bunch of Unas doubled all over again, but I yeah. give a mass credit. It looks really cool. It looks fantastic. Um, finally, Yandu is like, we uh, should, like, leave. It's like, oh, yeah, I should have listened to you, and, but I'm not going to admit it because I'm an asshole. And Daniel's like, you... 
But it's too late. Yeah. Because if we leave now, they're just going to chase us down and kill us. Yep. The time to leave was 10 minutes ago, and I told you we should have fucking And it's not left. an option now. So Iron Shirt just sort of boldly walks his ass into camp. Yeah. Um, and Daniel recognizes what's going on. Mm-hmm. Iron Shirt is giving the camp a chance to surrender. Yantu just will not put his weapon down until... Whoa. The very end. And yeah. and Daniel walks up, he he tells Iron Shirt that they don't have to kill each other. They can be the same tribe. He uses the same hand gestures that they're using before. Um to It's get- gotta be tough. You know what it is? Is at the end of the day, like a lot of us, Edwards is scared of death. He is. So wouldn't you go out fighting? Because I know I fucking would. Exactly. Um, so it's gotta be tough to imagine that maybe not fighting is an option when you are in full lizard brain survival mode. Your your fight or flight has kicked in so hard and uh-huh. you're on a complete fight. Your adrenaline you're like, is no, so racing. There's no thoughts. Exactly. I am no longer a complex thinking being. You're not. Yeah. Um, but Daniel still tries to convince him that together they can bring death to the ghoul. Yeah. Um, but Iron Shirt is not buying it. Shit. He's like, um, you know, we can talk peace all you want back at the camp, but the humans still are killing Unas. Right. Um, and they, you know, you need to show respect. Yeah. So Daniel and Chaka get down on the ground. Teal'c immediately gets down on the ground. Um, and Yandu... Again, still has a hard time doing this. Dude, um, yeah. Um, not understanding that this is how the Una social order works, which Daniel forcibly tells Yandu. He's yeah. like, listen, this is a make or break situation. Yeah. You have no time for this shit. You need to follow my Right, lead. right. Because I am the expert in this right now. And again, again, I, I'm totally with Daniel, obviously. Yeah. But fuck, if someone's like Neil or Death, yeah. I might I, I might choose Death. Yeah. I might choose it's Death. It's hard. Yeah. But it's also, like, it's also, there's a difference of it's Neil or Death, but that Death is not just your Death. Right. Is if you don't Neil, it's everyone's Death. Right. Right. Um, Which is important to consider. Holy crap, the amount of complex thinking you have to do in that moment. I don't envy it. The rest of his men are following Yandu's lead. Yeah, it's like you're going to kill all of these men if this is where true leadership comes into play. And he does. He slowly kneels. Yep. And the rest of his men do too. Um, And it's honor that Iron Shirt understands that. This is when I when I cried. Iron Shirt. He says honor. He does say honor. And I cried a little bit. Um, (laughs) And then he kneels himself before Daniel. Yeah. Remembering the trade, Daniel pulls out his lighter, and Iron Shirt gives Daniel the bone necklace. That's a big his, fucking deal. Which is a huge deal. Yeah. In return. And we we know how much that means. And negotiations begin, and they will last as long as it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long do we have to kneel? Like you're in fucking mass. <laughs> like you are in Catholic church. Yeah. <laughs> there may involve standing and then kneeling again. Yeah. So just be ready. Also, Get your knees ready. Do not lean your butt against that back pew. Yeah. Your, your, ass is, your ass is grass. You cannot lean on anything. You just stand there and I know that. kneel there straight. I know that move. I know that move. Don't you dare not shake hands with people that aren't in your family. You reach over and shake Sweet. that hand. 
again. Fair, I knew who I could be sitting next to and then rest my butt yeah. when I was kneeling. Oh, smart. There yeah. were certain people I was sitting next to that I could certain do that. people of older generations, if no, you no, will? No, 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 oh, no, no, okay. no. Certain people of younger generations. Ah, understood. If I was sitting next to the people of older generations, that's yeah. when you kneel like you have a rod up your yeah. backside and you are standing I straight. just always lean towards my, like, well, Grandpa doesn't go to church. Why well, have to go? And then my grandma would be like, because I'm going to take you to McDonald's afterwards. I'd be like, sold. Oh, no. My grandma's the one that if, if we were sitting even three people away from her and we did anything out of line, she would somehow reach over us very slyly like no one could tell and just yeah. stop <laughs> us. Um, anyway, so it does take a while, but eventually they strike themselves a deal. Daniel explains that they will not desecrate the Una's sacred ground anymore. Uh-huh. And the Una's will honor their ancestors by helping us defeat the Gould. Boom. Solid. The Unas will work the mine themselves. It was Iron Shirt's idea. It's literally the best of both worlds. You can't even, uh, yeah, you cannot have asked for a better outcome. So you treat them with honor and respect, and you will be amazed at what allies these people can be. And Yandu says Jack was right. Daniel is a pain in the ass, but worth it. Yeah, I, I wrote that quote down word for word because I love it. Treat them with honor and respect, and we'll figure out what kind of ally allies they can be. Yeah. Holy crap, let's all remember that line. Yeah. And you know, what does it hurt to treat each other with honor and respect? Exactly. Ever? It just does, there's no... There's, there, you there's, lose nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So we get a really nice moment with Iron Shirt and Shaka before we fade out. Yeah. So, okay. And then I'll... Again, there's a lot of very heavy yeah. social, political things that you create into this. And I did a bunch of stories, looked up for stories about, like, you know, mining on sacred grounds. And there's just a depressingly large amount of stories on there. But I also found this really interesting... I'm going to butcher the story entirely, and I feel like I'm about to be on the episode of The Dollop. Um, But I found this article from August uh, 2016 issue of The New Yorker, and I blank on the name of the the article. I don't remember it. I'll try to post it. um, Oh, yeah. I'll I'll post this article. It's a very, very, very long read. But it's really, really interesting because it had, I feel, a lot lot of parallels to this. Um, besides the fact that it was just a fascinating read because it was more than the story, but it's also went on the whole sort of background. But there's a tribe in the Peruvian rainforest. Um, s- some people call them the, I'm going to butcher all these names, I'm sorry, the Mashko Piro, um, but they call themselves the Nomolo. Nomoli. Nomoli. Okay. So it's apparently Piro is basically um, a name given to them that means savage. Oh. So we don't like that. So, Got it. Um, in 1998, there was an estimated like 100 to 250 oh, people wow. in the population. But in the article, this article says that is a couple years ago, there might be as many as a thousand now. Okay. So they're on the list of un- uncontactable people. Okay. Um, since, uh, you know, that list is given to a lot of these tribes that are in the rainforest of South America and yeah. other places of the world because on top of the fact that it's sort of like the prime directive in, in Star Trek yeah. is to let them be, but there's also, you know, they have no immunity for diseases and we don't want, we know how smallpox happens. Yeah. It's so awesome to think that in an earth that we now think is so small, that yeah. there are still tribes of people that we're not allowed to yeah. 
come near because they're still doing things in their own pace in their mm-hmm. own way and they don't deal with the illnesses and diseases and shit that we do yeah as far as we know so there was a farmer and a guy called nicholas flores mm-hmm. uh, and he was sort of a go-between a lot of the indigenous tribes like there wasn't a ton of contact but he lived really you know out far into the rainforest so he was sort of he knew where these different people were he knew could communicate with some of them and this is all in the like madre de dios region um and there's a big river there um and at one point the namole came to the other side of the river and that flores was on he Mm -hmm. was like farming and they tried to flag him down with no avail and a week later as he was working in his garden a bamboo arrow tipped with poison pierced his heart so which as you can imagine turned into a bit of a story in the country um in the media cycle and as it goes it kind of got turned into this native savages attacking the locals um but eventually something else came in the news cycle and just kind of sure sure um over the next few years there were some other sightings you know they came and stole food a couple times and eventually there was another attack a few years later and a 20 year old man was killed and now the government had to intervene so there's apparently a, a fairly new office there called the Department of Native Isolated People and People in Initial Contact. Ooh. Really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And conveniently, um, it was a new thing. And now that there was violence involved, they kind of had to break the no contact clause. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I guess you do. Yeah. So to lead this, um, Lor- Lorena. Per- I can help you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Lorena Prieto. Uh, I, I wonder if that should have been Cruz or it's cause. Yeah, but... it was, that is spelt the way it okay. was. Um, invited the author of this article, John Lee Anderson, to go with her. I okay. can pronounce John Lee Anderson. Yay. Yay. So John tells a story, and this is sort of, this is where this article is really, really long. Uh-huh. And he tells this sort of long story about how they went out to contact these people. Yeah. Um, and he also told the story of how he's been on these journeys up these rivers to contact some of these native tribes before the indigenous people. Okay. And one time he came up the river in a boat and this this woman saw him, ran, and, and the entire village hid and they were calling him Pishtaco. Okay. Which apparently the guy he was with said meant evil person who had come to steal the oil from their bodies. Yowza, yeah. Which they think the guy he was with thinks it goes back to the Spanish conquistadors. And let's just say the contact was less than ideal. Right. And the article said that it may have involved because the stories are that they killed the locals, boiled their bodies to render the fat to use as grease so their metal weapons wouldn't rust. That's worse than I imagined. My thought was like, well, they think that blood is oil. Yeah, no, no. Jesus. So as you can imagine, those stories come down, so... Yeah, I would be fucking scared too. Exactly. And I'd be like, kill it. Kill it with fire. Because there's no other way to communicate. Yep. And again, it's like the Unas where... The Gould were doing these horrible things. Yeah. They see these other people. They don't know that they're not Gould. Right. So they see these God. other people come in and they're like, the only, no, just stay the fuck away. Yeah. That's the only way we have to communicate. What a fast, this like gives me a, pardon my language, yeah. but like a communications hard on. Yeah. Like no, the idea you're going to like to, understand. You are going to Holy love this crap. article when yeah. you read it. And it's a really, really long read. And, and, and it's, it's really, and I wish I could do it more justice. So I'm just going to post the link. Please read this. Justice. Um, 
because <laughs> the article is also fascinating in how it talks about how futile the 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 gov- like these people who are trying to defend this land and these people feel because they're 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 showing there's evidence that people live here and they're yeah. trying to prevent the gold mining and the logging in the area but again just like the fact when you have 53,000 tons of Naquita there, yeah. when you have millions of dollars of gold and logging there, yeah. it's where's the balance of We've got to understand, we don't know what the potential is. It's so fucking ridiculous yeah. that people don't, can't grasp that concept. Yeah. There's far more valuable things that we could get from these people yes. that we don't have. Yeah. We have no idea what the fuck could be there. That would be amazing to have. So the catch is, is now there's this discussion going on um, because there's no, really no way to ensure no contact these days. So now there's this new concept that's more cons- considered to be sort of organized contact, where instead of trying to leave them completely as they are, yeah, you you have sort of one, you have one person or one organization that becomes the contact point because then you can still protect them in terms of diseases and stuff as much as you can Um, but you can find some communication so that these people aren't just like killing yeah in order they have some other vocalized way to be like this is our land stay off when you have one person who goes and visits them regularly and that can communicate with them I just can't get beyond the fact like like, these people, you know, the government's looking at these literal gold mines. These people are a gold mine in a whole yes. other sense. Yes. We just, there's no way for us to but know what they possibly could have found. Exactly. The potential is so much, it's worth so much more. Um. So at this, and again, like I said, at this point, the, Nemo, the Nemole have been communicating. Oh, wow. But they've only been communicating in the only way that they can right, right now, which is going, stay the fuck off our lands. Yeah, don't come Please here. leave us alone. Yeah. You're bringing us death. Right. Um, so eventually they do make contact. Again, it's a very long article. It'd be a whole hour-long podcast on he top did. of this if, if I you know, tried to tell this whole story. Contact was made, and now these people, again, like I said, they have a way of communicating. And some people think it's really good, mm-hmm. but other people go, they're only able to contact with one group. Yeah. And so they're not they're lacking these outside outlets now. So it's it's really it's it's a sort of a really, really fascinating concept yeah. and story, because, like I said, there's a ton of stories about uh, mining on sacred burial grounds and mining a sacred land. But I like this one because it seemed a lot very similar to this episode. Yeah. And this article is written, you know, 13 years afterwards. Yeah, well, and it's this active, like, it's not a story from 100 years ago. No. Like, these are actively people that exist. Exactly. That's you know, really freaking we, cool. We still have a lot of civilizations that, you know, we're sending um, we're sending um, drones over yeah. and getting pictures. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I was just outside walking the dog the other day, and I heard a noise that I couldn't identify. Um, and I, I looked up, and it was... It was not someone's drone. Right. It was a little higher than that and looked like a commercial drone. Yeah. That was flying sort of overhead. And I can tell you as someone who has dealt with drones enough before that just the sound, not knowing where it came from, kind of freaked me out a bit. Yeah. Can you imagine if you... I love the pictures that you get because they're throwing spears at this shit. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Exactly. They yeah. have literally no way of interpreting what it's that so is. It's so fucking crazy. And then you're like, how? How do we do it? But 
you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, we figured out ways to do this. So yeah. there's got to be ways. Exactly. We are smart enough. We are yeah. able to do it because we've done it before. And that's what the like this organ this this department in the um, the Peruvian government. I lost what the title is that's the, uh, crazy the title Department of, of Native Isolated People and People in Initial Contact. Yeah. I'm sure that sounds way cooler. Uh, yeah, but yeah. It's it's possible that in, in Spanish not it just English. Rolls off the yeah. Time. yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, we're going to post, I'm going to post a link to this article. It's really, really, it's a really fascinating article. Um, again, it was in the August issue of the New Yorker of 2016. If you happen to get the New Yorker. Yeah. Um, there you go. Oh, so. good shit in there. Um, but yeah, so next up next week is space. Okay. Can we just say it's space race? Because <laughs> when I said space race, someone else in the, in the, in, in the house means- said Space Force, and so I literally wrote Space Force. I'm okay with Space space Race Force. Oh, God, jeez. Okay. I'm ready. Alrighty. (laughs) Do the rankings. Oh, yeah. So just based on the content of this episode. You're ranking this way higher than I am. Oh, uh, absolutely. I'm sure. I know for a fact. Let's look at where we are. Um, I'm going to put this... Like, I'll be honest, this is a great episode. This does not make my top five list. I'm going to put it right now because... Are you tying? No, I think I'm going to put it above Orpheus. Okay. Are you dropping Orpheus? Yeah, I think I'm dropping Orpheus. Because Orpheus kind of just made the list because it just did. (laughs) Yeah, um, I... Now, this is a great episode. Yeah. But again, it's the final scene of Orpheus still just makes my soul so happy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and this is a great episode, but I'm not, it's not one I go back and rewatch. It's often. just a good Grace episode. But it's a total Grace episode. Um, and, uh, but Space Race is just fun. I think yeah. you're going to like it. So. <laughs> this was, this was, yeah, I, I, this was fun. I enjoyed it. It just kind of takes my, my brain is a hundred light years from here now. Because yeah. I'm just like, oh my God. And <laughs> then I think. Communication hard on. <laughs> and then like, I get into this like dream state where I'm like, what if I could learn how to do that? How fucking cool would it be to like Wait, go down there? Wait, you can be Daniel. Yeah. How awesome would that be? Okay, yeah. I'm done. Um, guys, thanks for listening. It's in it's Indiana Daniel. It's Indiana, it's Indiana, Indiana Jackson. Gra- it's Indiana Grace. Indiana Grace. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know where to find us. On Twitter, we're at Tara Podcast. We're on Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. Um, you can email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. And patreon.com slash There's No Place Like Tara. Rate uh, us, like us, review us on Apple Podcasts. So...